Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of IRL Horror. I'm your host, BooXO, and today I have a, well, a gross one for you. Nobody opening for this one. Buckle up. If you couldn't guess from the title, today we are talking about a cannibal, and I do need to preface this with a warning. I know I don't typically do that because, well, we don't talk about sunshines and rainbows here, but I clearly did not think when I did some more digging on this case, I don't normally have a weak stomach, but I'm taking some new medication that I haven't gotten used to yet, and yet I still thought it would be a good idea to have a snack while doing some of this research. Yeah, I'm still pretty queasy right now, so I'm going to have to warn you that this one is graphic. I knew I wanted to do this episode when I decided to start this podcast. It's one that intrigues me on many different levels. It certainly stuck with me long after I heard about it when it was happening in the courts. The case itself is interesting, and cannibals fascinate me in a how-in-the-world-could-you-do-that kind of way, but also, this one brings up some questions about law and ethics. Alrighty, so our cannibal, Mr. Armin Mivis, and please forgive me if I mispronounce any of these names. German is not a language I am really familiar with, and let's face it, I have trouble with English most of the time. Anyways, Armin Mivis was born in Germany in 1961. There are quite a few reports of his mother being very overbearing and just not good to him. A really weird dynamic in the home and family, and his childhood was just not filled with love. His father left when he was only eight years old. He recounts in an interview about how he was playing with other kids, and he simply heard the car. It was his father driving off, and he never came back. He knew it was happening and says it was a traumatic experience and I can see why. He also had two older brothers that left a short while later as well, so really he was just being abandoned by his family at this point. This made him create an imaginary younger brother he could dream about spending time with. He says he created him and wished he was real because he wanted to show him love the way his older brother had shown him, and I imagine it was also an escape for him. His mother became very closed off, more so than she was. When Mivis's father left, it was her third failed marriage, and with that, an emotional struggle on top of a now financial struggle, so she was having a difficult time. Even creating this make-believe life for her and Mivis, where she was the lady of the manor and he was her servant or something along those lines. He really took it upon himself to become like the man of the house and wanted to take care of everything. And it was somewhere around this time that he started fantasizing about, well, eating people. Honestly, I'd really like to understand the psychology behind this, but I have seen some reports saying that he had a disinterested mother and father, and his mother would make him do a bunch of stuff around the house, 
basically not let him be a kid. And he must have been so lonely and feeling abandoned, not just by his father, but also just because of his entire situation. Really, this is just me guessing based off of stuff I've read, but it looks like to him, eating them would be like akin to keeping them with him or a part of him somehow in a really super duper messed up way. I did watch an interview with him where he says, quote, I killed a man, slaughtered him, and ate him. Since then, he's always with me. You know, just for your daily dose of WTF. He's so nonchalant about it too. Watching his interview is so strange. I wonder how honest he's being about it all. The random smirks he gives during it are chilling, but also makes me think he isn't lying, but rather enjoying this or perhaps enjoying the memory. Anywho, later, those fantasies about a younger brother turned sexual in nature, and they grew from there, with fantasies about males that he found attractive, wanted to be close to them, and he figured, hey, he would have to eat them to do that. Apparently, that's the logical way to be close to someone. I don't know what to say about that one. He joined the army and was able to focus on other things aside from his loneliness, fantasies, and got to spend time away from his mother. He left the army after 12 years and moved back in with his mother. She was unwell and he took care of her. He lived in this huge 43-room mansion with his mother and he continued to do that until her death in 1999. When she was dead, I guess he was like, okay, I can do what I want. So he wasn't so concerned about hiding his strange fantasies and behaviors and I guess there was really no one to hide them from anymore. His neighbors described him as a normal guy that they liked to talk to sometimes. He would help them out and have dinner with them. They didn't seem to have any concerns about him. They talk about how he would mow their lawn and stuff. Just normal, friendly neighbor behavior. He even babysat some of his neighbor's kids. And yet, he would, with his newfound freedom, in a ginormous house for just one person, spend his time on the internet, which wouldn't be unusual for a computer engineer, which he was. Now, at this time, not that this stuff doesn't exist out there, because we know it does from that landscape killer episode we did, which, if you haven't listened to it, you should. It's a good one. But the internet was still fairly new to a lot of people, especially in their homes, and things were a little more lax and not monitored, I guess, because I'm pretty sure he wasn't finding these sites on, like, the dark web or anything like that. I'm pretty sure they were just your everyday normal sites, but were for cannibals. But I could be wrong on that one. I'm, I'm just not seeing anything to indicate it was anything else. So yeah, he would spend his time on these cannibal fetish sites where people would talk about wanting to eat people or even be eaten. It looks like there was quite a lot of people wanting to roleplay that kind of situation, but not necessarily actually want to go through with it. So Midas decided he was done fantasizing and wanted to go through with killing and eating someone. He put a bit of a spin on it though. He wanted someone to volunteer. Yeah, he wanted someone to be like, yes, me, please murder and eat me. All I'm picturing is that Hunger Games scene where Katniss volunteers as tribute. And I just realized how horrible of a connection that is, especially with the name of the movie. 
Oh my. Okay. Sounds like finding a volunteer would be difficult in this situation. I mean, he's looking for someone to say yes to being killed and eaten. Just no, no, thank you. I'm, I'm good. But apparently people were not of the same mindset I am. And I hope you are. There were people contacting him and agreeing to it. Now, many of them didn't even end up meeting him. Perhaps it was more about the role playing for them. But there were some men that did end up meeting him. He got really close to actually killing a few of them. They would tell him what they wanted done to themselves, and he would apparently do his best to be respectful of their wishes and do as they wanted. So he would prepare for that. Like, one person wanted to be slaughtered like a pig, so he got a meat hook for one of his many, many rooms in his weird mansion. All of these men ended up backing out, and he reportedly ended up just saying okay and spending time with them instead doing things like going to see a movie or just having a normal dinner and drinks. I don't know if we can maybe give him that much or maybe that was still just him working his way up. It's strange to me that he seemed to be comfortable with this so fast. I'm not finding any reports on him being violent or any other off behavior prior to this. That was until Bernd Brandes came across this post looking for a volunteer. He was apparently up for it. They communicated for a while online, and Brandis told Mivis exactly what he wanted done. He specifically wanted his penis to be eaten. According to an ex-lover of Brandis, this is something he was into. He had even asked him to bite it off and even offered to pay him for it. So this was something that Brandis allegedly was said to have wanted and not just from Mivis. The ex broke it off, and he did so because of this. I was able to find a transcript. I think it was translated, although I may be wrong. Anyways, this is allegedly a part of a conversation between Mivis and Brandis that took place online. Mivis' username was Antrophagus, and Brandis' username was Cater99. I'm actually not sure if I'm saying Mivis' username correctly, because it looks like a play on anthropophagus, which means cannibal, but it's spelled differently here. Anywho, this is how the conversation went. Anthropophagus. I'm looking forward to our meeting. It will definitely be really cool. Cater 99. I want it to be. I hope it'll be really cool. Are you setting an alarm clock? Anthropophagus. It's only a few days until March 9. Cater 99. Still, I would have rather met you yesterday and felt your teeth. Anthropophagus. One can't have everything. There's still some time before you can really feel my teeth. Cater 99. I hardly know what to expect. Have you slaughtered a man before? Anthropophagus. Unfortunately, only in my dreams. But in my thoughts, I do it every night. Cater 99. So, I'm the first? Have you eaten human flesh before, or you haven't? Anthropophagus. No, you don't exactly find it in the supermarket, unfortunately. Cater 99. How do you know if it will taste good to you, or that the blood won't make you sick? Anthropophagus. I'm readying myself with my dreams. Once, I was so excited, I grabbed a needle and drew my own blood so I could drink it. Cater 99. And your blood, it tasted good to you? 
Anthropophagus. It was quite tasty. Once I was drilling some holes and the drill slipped right into my hand. That was a real treat. Blood is the juice of life. It contains everything a person needs for nutrition. Cater 99. Then I hope you won't wilt, that you can really see it through without a problem. Anthropophagus. To bite into your penis will certainly not be easy. Living flesh is somewhat more resistant than fried. But one thing is certain, our dream will be fulfilled. Cater 99. That there is not so much in it as there is in muscle. Anthropophagus. Yeah, but the penis is principally a spongy material filled with blood. Cater 99. For both our sakes, I hope that's true. I hope you have also already thought about what's to be done with the rest. Fulfilling the dream shouldn't become a nightmare for you. No one will know where I've disappeared to. So really, he was all for this, it seems. Apparently, Brandis, who had a partner at the time, didn't tell them anything, but he did have a will made up. He called into work citing a personal day and bought a one-way ticket to go be killed and eaten by Mivis. In March 2001, Brandis and Mivis play out this apparent shared fantasy. Brandis took painkillers and had some alcohol, and they started with chopping off and eating his penis. Mivis says in an interview that when he cut off his penis, he screamed, but it was short, maybe only 20 to 30 seconds of that before he stopped, which is such a weird detail to be telling people. He shows no emotion during any of this interview, either, unless he's smiling. One thing I'm certainly noticing in his interviews and even footage of him in courtrooms is that he always looks totally calm, put together, and he actually smiles quite often. He doesn't seem to be upset about or by these memories, even smiling when recounting talking about Brandes. And there's me sitting here wanting to empty out anything in my system and never, ever eat anything, ever again. Mivis washed, blanched, and fried the penis with salt, pepper, and garlic powder because apparently that was his automatic go-to for this. I don't know what made him prepare it this way, but he did. He then brought it back up to Brandis and they ate it or attempted to together. Brandis was upset that it wasn't edible. Again, I don't know what to say about that one. Apparently, he was disappointed that his own penis that had just been chopped off and cooked with some pretty bland seasoning wasn't good. After this, around 9 in the evening, Brandis said he was cold, so Mivis ran him a hot bath and left him to die, although he did check on him often. What did Mivis do while this was going on? Well, he read a Star Trek book, you know, as one does while someone is dying in the next room. This is just next level crazy. It's always so weird to me to find these really mundane, normal day details surrounding these cases. Eventually, Mivis drags Brandis upstairs where he is coming in and out of consciousness, but was at death. Mivis says once this happened, he didn't know if he should pray to the devil or to God, but he did pray a few times and finally decided to ensure Brandis was dead by cutting his throat. He had prepared and found a website on how to slaughter a person for consumption, so he used that and stored what he could in his freezer with a false bottom so it wasn't obvious what was in there. 
When he wanted to eat some of what he had prepared, he did it as a special occasion. In an interview, he says he cooked it with what he calls princess potatoes and Brussels sprouts. He used his best dinnerware and opened a nice bottle of red wine, which is so strange to hear someone talk about and sounds like something Hannibal Lecter would say. He says the first bite was strange, but he enjoyed it, and it tasted similar to pork. As this is going on, Brandis hadn't told anyone where he was going or anything, so his boyfriend ends up reporting him missing a couple days after he's gone. Brandis had prepared, though, and did things like delete his browsing history, so there was nothing obvious there that would link them. I'm going to take a moment here to talk about Brant Brandis, because he is no longer with us to tell his story or his side, and his life was taken from him regardless of any of the preparation on his part. It seems as though Brandis didn't have a great start in life. His mother died when he was very young. She killed herself when he was five. I'm sure that played a huge part in his life, and that's such a horrible thing for anyone to go through, but especially for someone so young. His father was apparently not very supportive or open, shutting off with the death of Brandis's mother. When he came out as being gay, that ended his relationship with his father, and they weren't in contact anymore. He did turn out to be a successful businessman, and Midas, although I hate to quote the person who killed him for a description of him, said he was a lovely man. I wish I could tell you more about him, but I wasn't able to find much aside from people detailing his sexual preferences and fetishes, because that's what makes good news, I guess. But I did want to say what I could find about him. I feel for him. It seems like he had a very painful life, and was looking for ways to cope with that. But we'll go back to Mivis now. Mivis wanted more though. Although he wasn't finished with what was left of Brandes, he started his search for another volunteer. It was during this search that a student saw the post and reported it to authorities, who were then able to arrest Mivis after searching his home and finding what was in the freezer. Also, it was obvious he did it because, well, he was caught. I don't think he really tried to deny it, and he had actually, as per discussed and planned between them, recorded the entire thing. So yes, this was all recorded on tape, so there was really no getting out of that one. Had Midas not been caught, who knows what he would have went on to do. Many people argue that Brandis wanted this, and at least at the time this trial took place, cannibalism wasn't actually illegal in Germany so his original trial wasn't actually charged the way he should have been. They ended up redoing the trial, stating that he killed Brandis for his own sexual gratification, and that made the difference, so he was sentenced to life. In that transcript I read earlier, there is a part just after where Mivas said if it were legal, he would take someone right off the street and do it. Anthropophagus and you won't be the last, hopefully. I've already considered catching a young person from the street, but I would rather kill only those who want to be killed. Cater 99. That also doesn't sound bad, but yeah, seeing as it's not so totally legal, this is in my eyes better than yanking somebody directly off the street. Anthropophagus. Exactly. I'd do it, if it were legal. And our story doesn't quite end there. There was no precedent in the Mibus case. The prosecution wanted life in prison for murder fueled by his own sexual gratification. 
Marvis and his lawyer argued that it was euthanasia because they say that Brandis consented and wanted to die. It does look like there was evidence that he did in fact consent. I've talked about some of it here today. He contacted Marvis himself, made plans, made a will. He talked about no one knowing where he went to to make it easier for Marvis, and he went willingly. This trial happened in 2004, and Marvis was convicted of manslaughter, which held a maximum sentence of 15 years. He ended up being sentenced to eight years in prison, but the prosecutors said no, 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 and they successfully appealed the verdict. Marvis was retried in 2006 and was sentenced to life in jail. So thankfully, we don't have to worry about him posting ads to eat people anymore. I guess it would be difficult to prove without a doubt that this is what Brandis wanted. And even if they could, it still isn't up to Marvis to do it. No one has that right. Was Brandis really in the right state of mind to even consent to something like this? We can't know that. It could probably be argued he wasn't. This case did bring up a lot of questions regarding ethics and the law. It seems like Marvis's lawyer got close to keeping him out of jail for life. He technically did it, it just got overturned later. So it seems like there must have been some sort of valid argument there. I don't know, but I have so many questions about this still. We won't ever know, Brandis isn't here to tell his story. We do know that Mavis still has fantasies about eating people. We do know that he was looking for another person to kill and eat when he was caught. He wouldn't have stopped. Who knows what he would have done. So really, when we get down to it, life in prison is a sentence he deserved, compared to a measly eight years. And watching him talk in an interview really creeped me out. I don't see any remorse there. I'm not sure what it is I'm looking for, but whatever it is, I don't see it. It looks like cannibalism, at least at the time, wasn't illegal in Germany, which is kind of interesting. It seems like something that should be. This is going to be kind of a weird aside, but not really. So there's an episode of Bones, which is an awesome show. If you haven't seen it, you should. It's one of my favorites. Anyways, there's an episode called The Man and the Bear, which is season one, episode four, if you want to watch it. It's about a cannibal, and Brandon realized that they were dealing with a cannibal because of a prion disease, which I had to look up, but apparently it's similar to something like Mad Cow, and it affects the brain. So I was curious if that was a real thing, and would that affect someone that eats people? And apparently it actually is. There's a disease called Kuru that they found in people who ritually eat their dead relatives. So yeah, don't eat people, please and thank you. We, we don't condone that here. All right, well, my poisy stomach cannot take any more of this, so I will leave you all with those wise tidbits. Until next time, stay spooky and please stay safe.